0: You just saw the vision of Ezekiel played out. But let me tell you the account of how it played out in history and was no longer a vision, but reality. 1 Corinthians 15, one through 8 Now brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And then He appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. And after that, He appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, He appeared to me, this is Apostle Paul speaking, as to one abnormally born. You know, people uh, talk about the, the doubt that surrounds the, the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. And yet, you think about 500 people uh, trying to mass hallucinate. Uh, I just don't see it happening. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a larger group than here. And I, you know, can you see people nudging each other going, hey, do you, do you see him? I I think, is the one there on the left, is that him? No, 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 no. The one on the right, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think, I I think, yeah, I I think that's him, yeah. No, I mean, it was not like that. Jesus was walking in among them. Listen to Acts 1, verses 1 through 3. In my former book, Theophilus, and this is uh, Luke, who was a traveling companion to Paul, uh, who was writing to a certain specific uh, leader. Uh, He wrote the Gospel of Luke for this person so he could understand the story of Christ and what had happened. And uh, he wrote again in Acts, the record of the beginnings of the church. And he's writing to this guy again, saying, I wrote all about that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So over a 40-day period after the resurrection, Jesus was walking in and out among the disciples appearing from time to time and showing himself, talking with them, saying, hey, look, I'm not a ghost. I'm really physically here. Touch me. Uh, let me grab, uh, give me some fish. Give me something to drink. I'll eat it. I'll drink it right here in front of you. And so he, he was again saying, look, I'm, I'm here. I'm real, flesh and bone. I'm resurrected. I'm alive, just as I said. Uh, John 20 records uh, the, the, the story of Thomas and the doubts that he was struggling with. Verses twenty four to thirty one. Now Thomas called Didymus, uh, and this name uh, uh, sometimes uh, translated as twin. And so some people believe that Thomas uh, had a twin, and that's why maybe he, he doubted more uh, because he had been mistaken for his brother many times over. And so uh, possibly he was, you know, had this doubt because, uh, you know, hey, so you saw somebody that looked like Jesus, but he really wasn't. Uh, and that's happened to me before, you know. So hey. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe, maybe that is it. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, Thomas wanted some evidence. He wanted to know. He had some questions. You know what? This account I'm going to read you. Jesus didn't say, I can't believe you, Thomas. He didn't scold him. He didn't uh, 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 treat him like a little child and say, shame on you for wanting some sort of evidence. And so again, I, I want you to know it's okay if you have questions. It's okay if you're going. Jesus, I, I need some sort of. You got show me something. Let me know. But I, I want you to know that we do have what's written here in these in these records and in, in the biblical records. And here's the story of Thomas, uh, one of the twelve. It was not with the disciples when Jesus came. When the other disciples told him that they had seen the Lord, he declared, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, that's where the sword went in, the Romans did that to make sure he was dead, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, uh, you know he just looked at him and said put your finger here come on see my hands reach your hand out and, and touch my side put it in there where that little indention where that hole is where the, that's scarring up right now stop doubting and believe and Thomas you know what he said my Lord my God you need no more evidence no more proof and then what Jesus said Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Guess what, folks? Everyone in this room who who believes in Jesus Christ, you are blessed by the Son of God for that. Special blessing comes right to you. 2,000 years ago spoken, and it comes to you today. (laughs) You're blessed because you believe and you haven't seen. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his, his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. It's for our benefit. So what does the resurrection of Jesus mean for us today? Did you know that the people of God who lived during the times of the Old Testament accounts, the, the people of God who lived uh, during the times of the, the New Testament accounts, did you know that they all believed in, in, a, in a resurrection uh, of everybody? Not just those who uh, profess belief in Jesus Christ but, uh, or belief in God, but they believed that everybody was going to be resurrected, good and bad. And, and they said it this way, uh, there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. So, you know, you know, well, if that's the case, then what did the resurrection of Jesus change? I mean, everybody's going to resurrect, so what's the big deal? Well, it changed the outcome. It changed the outcome of that resurrection for everybody. Jesus answered the question that, that, that people had when they read the words of Daniel and wondered, well, who's, who's going to awaken to everlasting life? Who's, who's going to awaken uh, to shame and everlasting contempt? They had that questions in their hearts. And Jesus answered that question. He said the basis of knowing the outcome of that resurrection was based on him. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. So what's significant about the resurrection of Jesus from other people who, who were raised from the dead? Jesus, Jesus wasn't the first one to be raised from the dead. Did you know that? I mean, when he was walking around, he raised some uh, other people. Uh, you know, you've know, you heard some of the, the, the gospel accounts. Uh, Jesus brought back some dead people. Uh, one of them was, uh, was the widow's son from Nain. And he also raised up um, Jairus' daughter. And then he raised up Lazarus, the one that we're most familiar with. So, what made Jesus' resurrection more significant than these other folks that were raised from the dead? Well, you, you know what happened, don't you? What to, to Jairus' daughter, to the, the widow's son, and to, and to uh, Lazarus? They died. Their bodies grew old, and they died again. So, how was Jesus' resurrection different? He was resurrected with an immortal body. He was the first to be resurrected with an immortal body. And this is what the Bible says, that he is the first, but he is not the last. That what he has done has enabled us that we might also be given an immortal body one day. So think about the resurrection accounts and and the immortal body that Jesus had when he was with his disciples. You know, because we said, well, he ate. So that was, that was very similar to his old body. He uh, you know, talked with people. He could talk. He could touch. Uh, he was there among them. Uh, but there was also something very different uh, because he could appear and disappear. He could show up in a locked room. Uh, and this whole little you know, Star Trek beam me up transporting stuff was going on. You know? and, then, and then there's a the thing uh, when he last said his last words to his disciples and said, I got to leave. Holy Spirit's got to come, so I'm taking off. And, and, you know, the Bible says he ascended into heaven. But you know what? I know what those words mean. That means he did a Superman. That is exciting. You know, if that's what's in store for immortal bodies. Uh, And I don't know. I don't know if we'll get to do that when we one day receive an immortal body from Christ. But I sure hope so. I would like to do a Superman. (laughs) But the Bible says that those whose faith is in Jesus will one day be given an immortal body and it will be like His, like Jesus'. So you see, when Jesus died and resurrected, He put an end, not just to sin, but an end to the consequence of sin. Death. He put an end to death. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, we're we're all going to have to die. It's inevitable because, you know, God said, you know, you, you sin, you'll die. But He sent Jesus resurrect us we won't stay dead we'll die but we won't stay dead we have a great hope in Jesus and his promises but that hope isn't just for the day we die Do you know 1 Peter 1.3 it says this we are told in his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead so what has the death and resurrection of Jesus accomplished right now for those who have believed let me tell you what the ancient scriptures tell us. It tells us first, for the death and resurrection of Jesus, we are reconciled and we are justified. So what does that reconciled? What does that Bible word mean? Well, you know, when two people get in a fight and they're angry at each other, then someone comes along and brings them back together and says, hey, let's make up and, and you know, say sorry, forgive me. And they do those things and then they're friends again. It's like it's back, to, back the way it was. That's what has happened through Christ his death and resurrection you see we we came into this world a lot of us didn't know this when we came to this world but we came into this world the enemy of God Romans uh, chapter 5 talks about that and you go well that's horrible that's horrible that we are enemies of God how could you say that that's part of the bad news and that's what makes the good news so good because Jesus you know what he loves his enemies and he loved us while we were still sinners Christ died for us Romans 5, eight, We have been reconciled with God. We were once enemies, but now we are not. We've been justified. What does that Bible word mean? Well, it means that uh, we, did, we stood in a pretty bad place with God because of our sin. Because He's just, He has to punish that sin. But uh, because of what Christ did and being our substitute at the cross, well, it's just as if we hadn't sinned. We have been set right before God. So, you know, just remember, justified just as if I had not sinned. That's a little, little memory trick you can do there to remember what that word means. Okay. So the Bible says through His death and resurrection we are reconciled. We are justified. We are placed in Christ. We are forgiven. Doesn't it feel good? Uh, and maybe some of you uh, with parents or with a, a wife or a husband, you know you did something wrong and you hurt them. And you go to them and you say, Not just, I'm sorry, but you say, will you forgive me? And there's that moment where you're just kind of waiting because you don't know if they will. I mean, they got a choice. They don't have to forgive you. But doesn't it feel good when they say, yes, I forgive you? Doesn't that feel good? We are forgiven in Christ through his death and resurrection. We're forgiven of all those things that we've done against God, against each other. And against ourselves. We are made the children of God through the death and resurrection of Christ. We are made acceptable to God. And don't, don't all of you we have all these growing-up stories where we were went through school and schools were just horrible. And just some of the, some little kids are just mean, and especially middle school and junior high. Just terrible and, and terrible things of feeling unaccepted and rejected. Guess what? You know what? We are made acceptable. Through Jesus Christ into those junior high, middle school stories. Done. That's over with. No more, no more of that. We are given a heavenly citizenship. We are given access to God. We are no longer denied. We have an all access backstage pass. We can get to God. There's no cattle pin barrier. There is now a bridge across where we can meet with Jesus Christ and we can anytime. All access. We are redeemed. What does that Bible word mean? You know, it's just like a coupon. You cut it out of the newspaper or you download it on the, from a website. That little coupon is worthless. It's just a piece of paper until you take it to a certain person at a certain place and they say, hey, we're going to give value to this thing. And then they give you in exchange some goods for that little worthless piece of paper because you brought it in. And they said it had worth. The same thing with Jesus Christ. We, without Him, we, are, have, we have no worth. But we come to Him... And He places worth on us. You know how much worth He placed on us? This much. On the cross. That's how much we're worth to God. That is the value He has placed on us. We have been redeemed. You know what else has been brought between, through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? We've been brought into the fellowship of the saints. We've been brought into the fellowship of the saints. We've been included into the eternal plan of God. We've been made free from the law. Freedom is another wonderful thing, folks. And I enjoy it, and I hope you do too. Don't take it for granted. We have freedom in Christ, freedom from the law. We've been brought near to God. How many times have you said in your life, man, I feel so far away. You know what? Jesus has brought you near through His death and resurrection. You've been brought near to God. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. This world... It's 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 a kingdom in rebellion to God. The rest of the universe is in submission to God. That's what I truly believe from when I read the scriptures that we're on this little little planet and it's in rebellion, but there's little pockets, little pockets of hope where there are people that are remaining true and loyal to Jesus Christ and to God the Father. And we've been given entrance to a new kingdom, out of the old into the new, out of the darkness into the light. We've been given an inheritance. We've been made His inheritance. We are made a gift from God the Father to Jesus Christ. So you know that we've been made light in the Lord. We are made complete in Him. Those of you who aren't married yet, getting married isn't going to make you complete. Sorry to let you know, but that's the truth. You know what? Jesus Christ is the only one who makes us complete and fully human, fully man. So we've been made complete in Him. We've been adopted through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we've made, been made a part of the family, of the household of God. And you know what else the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ has done? Is united us to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we are now able to receive every spiritual blessing. Romans 8 talks about how if God did not spare His own Son for us, why would He withhold anything else? He gave the greatest gift. Why wouldn't He give the lesser? Every spiritual gift is available through Jesus Christ in the death and resurrection. This is what the death and resurrection of Jesus means for those who put their full trust, put their full weight upon Jesus and what He did. Christ is risen is risen indeed. We'll try it again. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Help me read this again. Proclaim these words and what it means. Lord of all life and power, who through the mighty resurrection of your Son overcame the old order of sin and death to make all things new in Him, grant that we, being dead to sin and alive to you in Jesus Christ, may reign with Him in glory to whom with You and the Holy Spirit be praise and honor, glory and might, now and all eternity. Christ, yesterday and today, the beginning and the end, Alpha and Omega, all time belongs to Him, and all ages to Him be glory and power through every age and ever. Amen.